Welcome to Your State, You, with Max Page, who is the president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. We are so pleased Max could be with us this morning because we want to hear more about what has been the outcome and the ramifications of the longest teacher strike and the most expensive one in the history of the Commonwealth, the Newton teacher strike. Max, the strike was resolved, and I want to put air quotes around resolved because although the contract, there was a contract reach, there are a lot of ramifications uh, from this strike, and I'd appreciate your perspective as the president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. Well, I'm going to follow the sign that listeners can't hear, but it sits behind Bill Newman that says, do not bury the lead. And let me tell you that, that, which is, let's forget about the strike for a moment, what they won in the contract was social workers in every school to address the mental health issues of their students. They won dramatically increased pay for paraprofessionals, what we call education support professionals, who were paid in the low 20s, $1,000 a year for a full-time professional education job. They won more collaboration and prep time. They won dramatically improved paid parental leave, something that is not guaranteed to educators who are two-thirds women, although Obviously, all parents deserve access to paid parental leave. So stop, stop there for I one second. Make- stop there for one second, Max, because I think this may mm-hmm. go over some of some of our yeah. heads. Which is, I was shocked to learn from you, I believe, on this show that paid parental leave is available to almost everyone in the Commonwealth, except who? Municipal workers, and the largest number of municipal workers are, of course, educators. And everyone else gets it, but not municipal workers, not educators, right. not teachers. It, it, it's really, it's really a, an abhorrent exception in the law. It's, it is, indeed. And so, you know, every district has different rules about whether you can use sick tip time. Um, although, you know, having a child is not a sickness event and should not have to use your sick time for that. So there's, it's, there's a, we have a patchwork of very uh, weak policies across all 351 cities and towns and 260 school districts. This should be universal, but until we get to that day, we're going to, all our members are going to be continuing to push for it as a basic justice issue at the, at the school level. So I just wanted to lead with that to be clear that this was a contract that it took 16 months to negotiate. And that is far too long. And the district refused to even talk about these core issues until guess what? The work, the educators there said, you know what, we're going to talk about them and we're going to do it because we're going to withhold our labor. So I think this really important point that they won enormous gains for themselves and future educators as well as their students. Yeah, I I think it's uh, surprising to a lot of people that uh, the uh, persons negotiating on behalf of the uh, municipality, the school district uh, or the school committee, they can talk or not talk and talk and not talk. And as long as they show up, they can claim that they're bargaining in good faith and the negotiations go on and on and on and on. It was only till there was a strike that once lasted, what, about 10 days, that 16 months, what 16 months couldn't accomplish, 10 days did. Right. And, and Yes, but, and I, I do want to lift up something, Bill, and I hope you and Buzz will not get offended because I am going to say something unkind about some lawyers, which is... There is one group that does benefit from a long, protracted negotiation, and that is the high-priced union-busting lawyers that some districts hire. So Valerio Dominello Hillman 
was hired both by Andover, which was on strike for five days, and by um, Newton and in other places that have had very protracted contract battles. They get paid by the hour, as you well know, and they therefore benefit when these things go on longer and longer. And I think that's something that hasn't been reported on enough. There's only a few of these especially um, terrible, I would say, union busting law firms that are hired. And other places, remember, we have 400 locals in the MTA. We've had seven strikes in the past number of years. Most resolve themselves at the table. And I think it's worth looking at who benefits in some of these protracted, very divisive battles. And it is usually these few law firms. This was a very expensive strike for the local. Uh, it is illegal under Massachusetts law for public employees to strike. Uh, the judge held, I think, uh, a it was, it was probably a contempt hearing, uh, re the refusal of the educators to go back to work. That's the cost of admission for engaging in this kind of action. Um, what do you think the long-term uh, effect or ramifications or consequences of the strike are? And why don't you bring us up to date on something we have talked about in the show a number of times, which is the proposal that was filed in the Massachusetts legislature to change the law to allow public employees to legally strike. Yeah, so um, look, the, the, the Newton Teachers Association recognized that by taking this action, they were likely to be fined. And the, though they disagree with that, they recognize that that is one consequence that's they were looking long term they're looking at the the short-term disruption they had hoped it would be one day and maybe that the school committee would come to the table or two days obviously they faced a mayor who was willing to keep the schools closed for more than two weeks uh, so they knew going into this that there would be those costs and so they're going to have to deal with them and they they know that and there's you know they've gotten a lot of donations from the community and and the like but that is one of the consequences, um, but they felt it was worth it because they made these substantial gains for their for all future students and all future educators. Now, there we did file a bill, as you mentioned, um, backed by uh, Rep. Eiderhoven and Connolly and Senator Rausch on the Senate side that would have said the right to strike kicks in after six months of good faith bargaining. And we firmly believe that passing that bill would make for fewer strikes because there would be a clock ticking for school committees and they couldn't do what we call surface bargaining, showing up, as you said, chit-chatting, delaying, and not really engaging on the core issues that mattered to educators. Now, that bill was, as the legislature euphemistically says, sent to study, which is a real insult to study because, of course, they have no intention of studying it. That means it is not happening, 99% um, chance that that will not be uh, taken out of study and back and put in back into the legislature that is probably not happening this spring. We figure that's a very likely possibility, but we have provoked a lot more conversation about this and people are recognizing that there's some problem here when we are we are finding um, paraprofessionals, we're making them pay out of their dues when the school committee and the mayor in certain select cities have refused to bargain in good faith. Max Page, president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. Let's turn to a different topic, if we might, of, I think, important importance and of interest here. Hampshire, Hampshire Regional has been much in the news. Tell us what's happening there. Well, Bill, you know, on the, in the, just around the contract issue, um, it is a, you know, a, a contract, a set of issues that we see in a lot of places 
which is that there's the, the, the pay is not great. There's a lot of dissatisfaction and sense of disrespect, and they've been trying to get their school committee to to come to the table with a much, much better and fair offer. And there's sort of stunning. They surveyed their members and a, a large number are are working second jobs, both teachers and education support professionals to supplement their income. Large number are saying they would leave to go to a higher paying district. Um, that's that's the immediate issue, and they are really, you know, been building support with the community. The broader issue is that we have to fix our Chapter 70 system. The Chapter 70 is, of course, the name of the law that provides the base funding from the state to school districts. And we won an incredible victory a few years ago with the Student Opportunity Act. But that really focused on providing the least well-off districts the most money, which was is correct and right. Chicopee and Holyoke and Springfield and and in the East Fall River and Lawrence and so on have gotten sub substantial increases. But there's a lot of middle-income districts and rural districts who simply did not benefit enormously from that that revision. And we are re revision of the law. And we need to look at that again because there are a lot of places out in Western Mass. And as you know, I live in Amherst. Amherst is suffering Northampton, Hampshire Regional. Most districts are looking at potential cuts. And we really um, have tried in the MTA. We've urged the governor to put a lot more money into additional funding above and beyond Chapter 70 to support pay for ESPs, education support professionals, support paying librarians, support for buildings and the like. So I hope during the budget process there's a recognition that we have a real problem with, frankly, the majority of districts who um, only benefited in a small way from the Student Opportunity Act. Max, this is Dan. Um, when uh, teachers go on strike and fines are imposed on the union, uh, the union will pay out. Where does that money go? Does it go back to the schools? Does it go back to the, the city? And where does it come from? Well, well, I mean, you know, there are some, you know, Newton over the years, over many years, um, you know, with they, they, uh, they, the dues partly go to the, the local, partly go to the MTA and partly go to the NEA. And so they have built up some amount of, of money. The, the moment the, the fees are supposed to go to the court, to the Commonwealth, but I believe that the, the city, the district, and the union went together to the court to say, listen, how about the instead of going to the Commonwealth General Fund, send it back to the city to, to pick up some of the costs of police detail, et cetera, during the strike, the strike rally. So that's still to be decided by the judge in the case. That seems to be equitable, makes common sense, sounds fair, reasonable, helpful. If you're going to have fines at all. Right. What's with that caveat? There? Well, obviously, we, don't, we, we think the fines are excessive, um, but, but at least, you know, we hope that the, the judge would at least um, to take that step and follow what the, what the district and the union together have requested. Wow. More agreement between the district and the union. We should celebrate. Hey, listen, one other thing I want to celebrate with you before you go, Max. Uh, the town council in Amherst uh, took an action with regard to the Cherish Act. I assume this receives... Uh, accolades from you and the Massachusetts Teachers Association. Yes, I was actually there the other night. I believe it was Monday night in Amherst at the town council testifying on behalf of a, of a motion that the town council would, would uh, support the Cherish Act, which is our blueprint for high-quality debt-free public higher education, which is sponsored by Senator Joe Comerford, 
Rep. Pat Duffy, and obviously backed by many other uh, reps in Western Mass. And so it was very, it was very good to see them um, endorse that. We've just had a unanimous support from the Boston um, City Council a week or two ago, and we're going to a number of cities because this is a good for the general population. It's not just good for it happens to be that UMass Amherst is here. It's for all the citizens to have access to high-quality, debt-free public higher ed. So we're thrilled about that. We have been speaking with Max Page. He is the president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. Max, thank you so much for being with us today. When we come back, we are going to be speaking with Donabel Cassis about this extraordinary exhibit. You're going to want to hear this. We'll be right back. Max, thanks again. Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP.